The following is a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of 900 CHML. Hello, everyone. This is Rob Golfie with Remax, the Golfie team. Welcome to the Golfie Real Estate Show, Hamilton Edition with host Rick Zamprin. We have a barn burner of a show for you today. Yes, Rick here, Rob there. We have a special guest as well. I'll introduce him in a second. Don't forget, you got to call the number one Remax team in Canada. That is the Golfie team. To get your home sold, 905-575-7700. That's 905-575-7700. The website, robgolfie.com, robgolfi.com. And you can follow the Golfie team on TikTok, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Don't forget to go online to golfiehomevalue.com to get an instant home estimate. And, uh, well, if you have a few million dollars laying around, go to golfyluxury.com and check out some of the luxury homes on the market. Special guest today, Brian Hogman from Mission 35 Mortgages is joining us because, well, we had some big news earlier on this week that we'll get to that in a second. But first, guys, how are you doing today? Fantastic. Uh, you know what? This uh, this a smog that we have from the fires in uh, Quebec, I can't believe this. There's no, I don't think... I don't even think even as long as my parents been in this country, they've been here since the early fifties. I don't think they ever experienced anything like this, Rick. Uh, like, isn't, isn't this crazy? You, you know what? It actually reminded me of a terrible, do you remember the Plastimate fire mm-hmm. way back when about 10, 15 yes, years ago, I yes. walked outside and I was like, this, it totally reminded me of yeah. that when was, that recycling was, facility was that, on Went, was that Wentworth or Wellington? Uh, I remember, I can't remember which street that was. Yeah, it was down in the north. north yeah, east, north, north end. East yeah. End. Yeah. yeah, that was, that was 1997. Wow. Yeah. yeah. No kidding. Blast from the past. Remember, how old? <laughs> how old was Brian? I was on my way to the park. Yeah, I remember <laughs> it telling badly. <laughs> I'm like, wait a minute. I know I'm older than him. I remember that, but it was a smell. It was a smell of triggers memory. Yeah, yeah. No kidding. No kidding. But but I really want to get to the stats. So I yeah, sent yeah. everybody. Everybody's going to start getting this in the next ten days. Um, so I put the uh, numbers out and. I, and on my newsletter, the market watch that people will get in the next 10 days, mm-hmm. um, we put out from the last six months of what the average sale price was in different areas. And we also compared from year over year. And can you believe like some of the uh, uh, month, like some of the areas um, that what that uh, that jumped quite a bit since December? In, in Hamilton, okay, this is benchmark price, right? This is what, the, you know, pretty close to the real numbers. In Hamilton, true Hamilton, uh, in December of last year, the average sale price was $607,700. Right now, we're at $700,000. So the market's gone up 100000 in that six-month time. So it's, it's rebounding. But Burlington, Burlington, oh, my God. So in December, we were at eight fifty. January, it even dropped more to 760 average price, uh, sale price in Burlington. And then, and right now we're at almost a million fifty thousand dollars for average sale price in Burlington. So you could have bought something in Burlington in, in December, January, and probably made a couple hundred thousand dollars on that. No problem. Wow. And uh, where else was there a big jump? Uh, Brantford, you know, at, in, in December, 572,000 was the average price. Now it's 685, that's 686. Uh, St. Catharines, 
545 in, in December, and now we're at 620, 625,000 now uh, for the month of May. Niagara Falls, look at Niagara Falls, 550,000 was the average price in uh, this, this January, uh, December, January. Now we're at 639,000 average sale price in May. Welland uh, didn't have as much of a jump as the other uh, other areas. Welland it was five hundred thirty five thousand in Jan uh, December January, and now it's five hundred ninety two thousand. Oakville uh, kind of stayed the same. See that the, the, where the, the wealthy homes are. They they kind of yeah. stayed. They, they kind of flatline there. And then Toronto, uh, the average sale price uh, in Toronto. This is the total GTA. Uh, December January was like eight hundred seven ninety five thousand. And, uh, and that now it's at 945,000. Wow. So that's, that's incredible. And, uh, it, it's crazy. So the one thing we did experience though, is that, um, new listings. Now we had a high, uh, uh, listings that happened in September last year. Things started, the market started coming around. So last year, now I'm talking about Burlington. I'm talking about Hamilton. I'm talking about Brantford and Niagara. A total of 2,966 listings were last uh, September. Right now, uh, the month of May, 3,402 listings were uh, listed, and so so things are moving along. Like I mean, we're we're seeing uh, seeing growth. House prices are slowly moving up, and uh, it it's uh, it's it, it's crazy. It's crazy. Yeah, I think that's a reflection of the confidence in the market right now. I know we're seeing the pre-approvals. They're starting to turn more. People are coming in. They're getting approved again. But uh, it still seems, I still think that number is still a relatively low number. It is, though, yeah. Isn't it? yeah. 3,400 is still we, we, we still have low inventory. Uh, people are still looking. They can't get anything. So, yeah. So, uh, you know, I, I, I feel optimistic for the next bunch of years. And talking about optimistic, I want to tell you a story, Rick. And... Uh, it's not a bedtime story. <laughs> okay, that's good. So, so, so anyway, so I, there's always opportunities out there. And I found, so there was this one property that I was interested in, right? And I said, if I'm going to make, I got to make a move. And, and it, I wasn't ready to buy it this year, right? But I'm, I'm working on buying Plant it. Planting the seed. I'm planting the seed. So I, I called the, the person that owned this property and he wasn't, uh, in uh, Canada, he was in Florida at the time. So I left a message, say, Hey, I go, Doug, listen, uh, my name is Rob Golfi, And, uh, I, I know you own the property on so-and-so street. And, uh, I'm wondering if you were ever thinking about selling it. I'm not looking to list it. I I'm looking to buy it from you. And I left a message on his cell phone. He didn't, I didn't hear anything back. He just, you know, I just let it go. And, uh, about a week later, I get a phone call. I'm like, Whoa, like I jumped out of my seat when I said, look, this guy, you know, like you, you, so I go see the guy and I said, I'd love to take a tour of the place inside. I, I wasn't it many, many years ago once that I just didn't remember of this building. So I, I walk through and I go, you know what? This is perfect. The, the location, like I'm talking about, you know, when they say location, 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 well, this has got the location. So I did a walkthrough and then I'm going, okay. Uh, now, uh, uh, is it a house? Like a house? It's a commercial? A, it's a commercial property. Gotcha, yeah. Commercial. So now I got to let you know. Um, I, I, per I, I did a purchase on one in, in St. Catharines. Okay. And I put an offer on another one. I'll find out, I'll find out on the June 12th if I get it. Right. And I, I, you know, cause if the first guy backs out and I'm out. So I go to this guy, I go, um, and, and, and this is how anybody can do this. This is where opportunities are come. You gotta be proactive. So what I did was I said to him, listen, um, can you do a year of closing? He says, absolutely. 
I go, wow, because I got two of them possibly happening in the next, <laughs> in the next six months. So yeah, yeah. I need that buffer. I need the buffer. And then I said, would you do a vendor take back? Now, vendor take back means would you hold a mortgage for a short term, right? You know, maybe. And he goes, yeah, I can do that. I'm going, whoa, this is great. Something from a textbook from a seminar. Yeah. <laughs> you, know? <laughs> you know, you go to a seminar, you ask those questions. And they say, buy no money down. No That's it. Yeah. So, um, so I say, and I said to him, listen, I, I really don't know what the value here is. I said, I, I, I'd rather have an appraiser go through. And an appraisal on a commercial property it ranges from $2,500 to $3,500. Yeah. So I said, listen, how about you pick the appraiser and I will pay for it. He goes, no, no, it's okay. And he goes, you, you, you know, get whatever appraisers because they, they, they have to be good right yeah. on around it. They have to be certified. They yeah, have, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I called Colliers. They, they, they've got an appraisal company. And I said, listen, I need you to do an appraisal on this property. And, uh, and you know, just here's the contact, the contact to get through there and everything else like that. So that's where I'm at with it. Wow. Now, if, if, and whatever the appraisal amount is, I will pay for it because you know why? I know it's going to be worth double in 10 years. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like it will be worth double in 10 years. So, so, but the reason why I was asking for the long closing and the vendor take back, because I'm going to be, I'm going to be renovating this building. I'm going to gut it. So it just gives me a buffer where I can use my money to renovate, use his money to hold on for a bit. Mm-hmm. And then once it's done, I can go to the bank. You can get a bank mortgage. That's cheaper. right. That's you guys right. the lift. Yeah. Be yeah. yeah. I just, yeah. Need, I just need, I just need that buffer for about, uh, for about uh, six months. And uh, yeah, he's willing to work with it. And you know what I love about that is that, you know, I, I was just telling my daughter Lila the other day, it's like, don't take no for an answer until you give someone the opportunity to say yes. There right. And it's like, you knock on the door, you ask the questions, they might say yes. And in your case, I don't, does anybody say no to you, Rob? I, I just keep, keep <laughs> waiting. I wait till they say yes. That's all. But, but, but here's here, the moral of the story about this is that this guy, now he's an older gentleman. He's, you know, he's, he's getting up there in years there are so many of those out there so many mm-hmm. and there's opportunity these people they're ready to you know let go and, and go on with their life and, and and get into retirement this guy's a business guy and he's i could tell he's winding down and so that's the opportunity now and i like that what you were there is you were fair yeah right it's not about i think i see far too often people trying to take advantage of a situation or try to get a deal but if you're going to pay market value for something and you have a long-term plan for it fair for him fair for you it's a win-win situation. it is i'm in i'm i'm always in for the long run and uh so this guy yeah so now we're just waiting for the appraisal and once the appraisal's done i'm going to put this on paper and it, it's going to get done rick it's uh you know, I'm I'm excited about that. You know what I mean? Like it's uh, it, it's pretty good. I'm curious what kind of property it is, Rob. I can't wait. To see I'll it. tell you once I have it firm. Okay. <laughs> hey, once I have a firm deal, I don't All disclose right. anything. Fair enough. Nothing. Fair Everything's enough. a secret out there. Hey, let, let me. Ask, I don't want nobody cutting my grass out there. Let me ask you in our final minute here of this segment. When you made that call, was he actively going to sell the property? Was he even thinking about it, or because you put that bug in his ear, he thought, "Yeah, this is an opportunity I could take advantage of." You know what? I, I, I just, I just want to put the bug in his ear. That's it. I, I had no idea if he was thinking of selling or not. Mm-hmm. I just went in cause I said, this is the time I want this property. And so it, it's just, you know, I just put the energy out there and I just went and, and proactive. Like if you go knock on 10 doors, like, and, or, or 20 doors, whatever, somebody's going to say yes. Somebody is going to say yes to, yeah, hey, yeah, I'm, I might be interested. Let's, let's sit down and talk about it. 
Yeah, you just got to do it. You got to go That's there and it. knock on just the door. Just got to go do it. That's you know? And, and you know what? These people out there that have had these properties for a long time, they would have tremendous equity in most cases oh, big as time. well, too. Big so time. He, bought, he probably bought it for he, he, 25%. It's paid, it's paid for. It's paid right. for. So. So, but, but I asked all the questions. I was being upfront and, and, and transparent with him. And he said, yes, yes, and yes. Everything. So now we just got to we just got to deal on price after that. That's it. Well, if it falls through, let me know. Okay, Rob. <laughs> <laughs> you, you might you might have a partner, Rob. <laughs> uh, yeah, when, that's it. That's when, it. When we come back, we're going to dive into the wide world of interest rates because there was a hike earlier on this week. We'll talk about a uh, um, a familiar issue, I'm sure, for many landlords at the Landlord Tenant Board. We'll also talk about a tall condo that's coming to Canada, and we'll look at some luxury properties that uh, who knows if you won the lottery, you might uh, dip your toe into. This is the Golfy Real Estate Show, Hamilton Edition on 900 CHML. You're listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of 900 CHML. Welcome back to the Golfy Real Estate Show, Hamilton Edition on 900 CHML. Rick Samprin here. Rob Golfy is a sales representative with Remax Escarpman Realty, the Golfy team. You can call the Golfy team the number one Remax team in Canada, by the way, at 905-575-7700. Find them online at robgolfy.com. That's Rob G-O-L-F-I.com. Follow the Golfy team on TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. And you can go online to Golfy homevalue.com for an instant home estimate. We have a special guest on the program today as well. His name is Brian Hogman, no stranger to the show. Brian is with Mission 35 Mortgages. Find them in the World Wide Web at mission35.com. Let's uh, let's tackle interest rates because earlier this week, the Central Bank, the Bank of Canada, announcing that its key lending rate will increase 25 basis points to 4.75%. And it might not be the end of the story. Coming up in July, there could be another rate hike. And uh, many economists saying, you know, they weren't surprised by this. Many realtors and, uh, and many mortgage brokers, and you guys can, can talk to this, uh, might be a little worried on what this is going to do to the market. Or, or maybe you're not worried at all. How do you guys take this news? Yeah, the chatter out there was about a 50-50 split, like a coin toss. Before Wednesday's announcement, you know, half the camps were saying quarter point, half were saying a wait. But everybody did have the consensus that we were going to see rates rise by September. They were meeting uh, yesterday, they were going to meet again in July 12th, and they meet again in September. So the consensus was there was definitely going to be a hike, uh, just not sure if it was going to be this soon. I think the the unfortunate part is, is that the world that we're living in right now is that it's a lagging effect, right? So when interest rates go up, so a fun fact for you is that probably only 35 to 40% of Canadian mortgage holders right now have been affected by the rising rates because the other 60% are still sitting in a sweet fixed term at maybe two, two and a half percent, or the other ones are in what we call a static payment variable. And what that means is that when the variable rate changes, the payment doesn't change, but the time it takes to pay off the loan changes. So for those people right now, there's a lot of them are sitting there going, oh man, well, uh, my payment stayed the same, but now it's going to take me an extra five years to pay off my mortgage or 10 years. A lot of people don't think about that, if I'm being honest. Right. You know, you're just thinking, can I make my monthly payments? You know, we're not thinking that far ahead. And the lagging effect of this interest thing, which concerns me a little bit, 
is the first indicating factor when we're going to start to see defaults. And, and we haven't seen defaults yet. Defaults are at historic lows, historic lows. In fact, defaults on mortgages today could double and we'd still be below historic lows. Yeah. So that's the good news. But what we do see ticking up now is unsecured credit. And what that's an indication of is, you know, when your payment goes up a little bit, people still tend to spend money. And we can see that because the inflation numbers came out high, GDP is high. Uh, but what does tend to happen is that unsecured credit starts to go up. So it will be interesting to see what the future numbers come out because we thought we stamped down inflation. But as we saw the last number came out, it ticked up. Uh, GDP came out that ticked up a little bit and, and everybody's working. Like unemployment yeah, yeah. is low. So that's why we're seeing what we're seeing right well, now. Well, everybody, we're ha everybody's having a hard time finding people to work. Yeah. And, 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 and also, I, I, uh, the quarter point, I don't feel like, I, I didn't get that much feedback from people saying, hey, you know what? I don't know. I don't know. People are still buying. Now, uh, if there is another quarter point going up in a, in a month from now, get pre-approved at, at this lower rate. Now, but the other thing is, um, I still feel I, I I still feel that the confidence level is up there. This is the interest rate that that most buyers buying now are kind of accustomed to. They know this is what it is. This is you know nothing you can do about it, and it's going to float around in this number between what four and a half and five five and a quarter. I I think, and I know it seems like a lot, like we're because before when interest rates were higher, prices were lower. Now, it, it, even though price, house prices are climbing up, I had a feeling that they were going to increase it because the slow inflation down because house prices were starting to climb again. Yeah. And, and this is not going to stop. I'm going to tell you, this is like, I mean, I'm gonna, they are bringing 1.5 million people into this country. That's a great and, point. And it's, yeah. it's just not going to stop. Yeah. I, I, if they bring it up to 10%, yeah, maybe that might slow it down, but then we'll get used to the 10% and people will start buying again. But, but and, you hammered that point really good. And, and a lot of people aren't talking about the effect that immigration has on rates, right? Yeah. You bring a million people into a country, they're not coming in with nothing. You know, some no. people may have less, but you're, you're bringing people in the country that do have resources those resources are getting spent. If you have a million more people in the country spending money, prices are going to go up. Yeah. And usually immigrants, I'm going to tell you, they're the, they're the best savers of anybody out there. They don't have the Gucci purses and all the nice fancy, you know, cars and, and you know, they don't eat at, at uh, McDonald's or whatever fast food. These guys bring a brown bag. These guys do not pay. They don't go to restaurants. They don't buy coffee every single day. They bring their own coffee in a thermos. I'm telling you, they are the best savers. And that's why these immigrants are buying houses within two to five years when they get here. And, and, and that's what's going to drive housing prices up also. Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's an interesting anomaly right now. And I, I don't know what the answer is, but I agree with you because the housing prices look like they're going to continue to go up because jobs are continuing to be formed. And if the inflation, like it's one of those things that, you know, of course, people get affected with rising interest rates. But as we can see by default, they're still making their payments. One thing I, I, I'm encouraging people to do right now, too, is when you talk about rate, the variable rate moves, but the fixed rate doesn't move in direct correlation. And one thing for people to be aware of, if this stuff is giving me anxiety, you know, I talk to people every day and, they, you know, I can't sleep. It's, it's not what's most important to time the market. It's what's most important. So you can, in my opinion have a little bit of financial health in your life as well too. If you're up awake worrying about rates, you should lock in. You really should take a lock in because you got to end up focusing on your life instead of focusing on the interest rate. And you know what? We saw fixed interest rates as the variable rate hovered, the fixed interest rates dropped by almost 0.4%, then went up 
4.5%. So about three weeks ago, you could have locked into a five-year fixed rate of 4.85%. See? You know, and now the fixed rate is up again and it's going to be hovering around five and a quarter, 5.14. So I think it's important, you know, if you do have that mortgage coming up for renewal in the next six months, 12 months, 18 months, two years, be aware of it. I, I, you know what? I'm not, I'm not worried too much about it myself. Look, I, 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 I I, I firmed up on one deal. I, I'm waiting for another deal to see if I'm getting on 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 Monday. You got a couple in the hopper with. I got a couple. Now. Of, we know and that. Then, too. And yeah, and then and then I mean these interest rates for commercial too is a, is higher than your re- residential true. real estate. Very true. Yeah. But it, but I'm not I'm not worried about that too much though. Like it's not it's not like you know what business is business no matter when you're doing it right. Well, so, I agree. And and here's know. the thing, right? Like I think. Rates are high because people are making more money than before. Inflation is high and people are working and GDP is high, right? So that means that people can afford it. And then we look at the default rates, they can. Are there people that are going to get affected? For sure. You've got a few over leveraged investors, people that weren't good with their money uh, or, or come across hard times. But I think, you know, Canadians are resilient. They always pay for their homes. Like yeah. number one thing, like they will eat Mr. Noodles, the hydro yeah. will go off, but I will pay my mortgage. Yeah. It's kind of the yeah. Canadian battle cry. Yeah, just a couple of things I wanted to point in on. Number one, the mortgage default level. I think I heard Finance Minister Christopher Freeland the other day say it was 0.5%, which is minuscule. Um, and to the variable versus fixed, uh, my wife and I were in a variable. And while we could make our payments, we thought, you know, how much more is this going to go up? Let's lock in now. Give us some peace of mind so we're not worried about it. Not that we were extensively worrying about it, but... Each and every time the, you know, the Bank of Canada would come up and, and we would be talking about, it, oh, you know, the rates are going to go up again. That means our payments are going to go up. So why not have a little bit more uh, security or at least stability in terms of, you know, that payment, that payment level. But I also want to ask you, Brian, a question about, uh, you know, the interest rate, because they raised it only 25 basis points, a quarter of a point. Why not go with a more robust interest rate hike, a half a point and remove that kind of lag effect? W- would it have that effect? Yeah, that's a great point. I think that I, you know what, it's a great point. It's kind of like dumping a bunch of chlorine in the pool to shock it. Right. Yeah, and I yeah. think if you were to increase it by a half a point, you'd shock the pool. No one would swim in it for two to three days, depending on how much chlorine <laughs> you put in there. Uh, but then it would be clean. I think the Bank of Canada is just a little bit gun shy on doing any robust moves because they got severely criticized for raising rates uh, too late. Right. Right. So now I think, you know, Bless Tim Mac, Tip Macklin. I wouldn't want to be in his shoes by any stretch of the imagination, but you know, damned if you do, damned if you don't. Raise it by a quarter point, no one likes you. Raise it by a half, even more people don't like yeah. you. You leave it the same, nobody likes you. And I think this was an indication to say, hey, we're not done yet. Um, we're not gonna, we're not gonna whack you over the head with a hammer yet, but we will if this continues. And I think that's the message that they're sending. But in, in the U.S., isn't their interest rates 2% higher than ours? A- am I correct about that? I'm not sure if it's 2%, but I know they are higher. They kept hiking when we paused. That's right. That's right. I, and I know I know that they're a lot higher than we are to slow inflation down. So, And they don't have, they're not doing the immigration. For the, for the population of their country versus the population of ours, they're not bringing as many immigrants as we are. Like our percentage Based on what, 33 million people in, in our country, 35 million? Our percentage is way higher. Way, way higher of, of the amount of people that we're bringing in versus the U.S. And what I was going to say, um, Rick, to your point on the uh, fixed versus variable rate there and locking in. Mm-hmm. And for people who are concerned about it right now, I would end up saying 
you can go to a bank, mortgage broker, go to your lender, and you can say, what's the best fixed rate I can get today? And lock it in for 120 days. You have to send your application, do the full approval, lock it in for 120 days. That gives you two more rate cycles to see what happens, right? So you lock it in, where are we? June, July, August, September, October. Say, okay, I'm going to lock in this rate for five and a quarter, whatever it is for October 1. Now you get to sit back and say, okay, I got that peace of mind. Maybe I'm still paying higher for the next couple months in the summer. But in July, if it goes up again, well, that's a great option, great solution. And then if it goes up again in September, you're like, hallelujah, sign it up. Let's close that deal. Right. But if there is change, because the numbers that come out every month, it's like a roller coaster, especially as a mortgage broker, CPI came in high. That's going to change the expectations. GDP came in high. That changes expectations. And these numbers come out every week. Uh, It can be a panic attack trying to keep up with all of them, but that's a great way just to hedge your security there. When it comes to the housing market, so we're at 4.75%. What is the number you think would really force people to take pause to say, I don't know if I want to jump in or or sell my home and maybe move up? And What do you think that number is? Is it 6%? Is it higher than that? Well, right now, like the prime rate, the force of buying is the, what the bank sets it at, but the actual Canadian uh, banks use a number of, that's a premium to that. They're at 675, yeah. right? So then, or is that at 67, up 695, right? So that number to me, you're below seven. I think that number, which will give pause to think if it starts to go above seven to eight, that that's. Oh, you're going to see, a, you're going to see a change in the market. Housing prices will start uh, coming down. And, 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 and level off to a point like, yeah, uh, like what? Yeah. So oh, the other thing I was just going to say is because right now we're at a point where the stress test still has meaning. Oh, right. Because if I was qualified at five, seven, four, or 6%, and if I have a variable that's one point off of prime, I'm paying about right at the tip or maybe a little bit above of what about what I had to be qualified for. As soon as we start to go above that, people weren't stress tested for that number. So that's where I think you'll start to see Mm-hmm. maybe some cause for, for pot. Mm-hmm. By the way, the U.S. Federal Reserve rate is 5 to 5.25%, so a little bit higher than what, what we currently have. Uh, let's move yeah. over to uh, landlord-tenant disputes because this, well, number one, this is nothing new. The pandemic has really created a backlog, a major one, at the landlord-tenant board. And there's a story out of Mississauga, and this is, you know, probably been replicated in numerous places across the province, maybe even across the country, and how this uh, this individual was renting out a space, a bungalow in Mississauga to a woman uh, during the pandemic. And lo and behold, she... Uh, has $18,000 in outstanding rent. So he takes her to the landlord-tenant board to say, hey, we got to fix this issue. Um, the board finds that there was an error that the landlord made about the rental period. So while she was forced or is being asked to pay back this, this unpaid rent, um, this landlord cannot evict this individual. Um, the individual has been ordered to pay back $35,000 in unpaid rent, in fact, but she can't be evicted, which is mind-boggling. It, 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 you know what? You know what bothers me about this is that okay, you fill out an application to the landlord tenant board. Okay, maybe you have the day wrong in your uh, application, and because the day is wrong uh, on there, they they basically will say, "Oh, sorry," or or something. Just one little thing, but but just I, I was talking to Brian here. He says it's the principle of the thing. You owe this much money, just yeah. pay it. Yeah. And that's the problem with the landlord-tenant board. You know what, and, and this is what's driving people. So like, this is no different than Madoff 
uh, doing the Ponzi scheme and, 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 and taking people's money. And this guy has been doing it for years. And then, then he goes to jail. Well, I think people, I think tenants or landlords, whatever, if it's a bad tenant, yeah, get them out. 30 days, you get out. If it's a bad landlord not doing his job, not re- doing repairs, he should get fined. I believe in that 100%. I agree. But, yeah. but, but they're allowing tenants rob the landlord, which is baloney, and, and, and it's hurting the ma and pa people that want to do an investment for their future, and they should change that. And, and, and I know they added more adjudicators to, to, to help with the speed of this thing, but they not are, they're not doing enough of it. And it, and it, and it's crazy. Well, look, look, look what happened. We don't know the story that happened on oh, Jones yeah. road in Stony Creek. Mm-hmm. Okay. A 57 year old man c- comes out with his gun and he killed two people. I don't know the story about that, but you, a, a tenant can drive a landlord to a point of, 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 of so much frustration to a brink that will will drive drive him crazy because it's his financial it's it's his investment and so and this has got to change. Well, and I think you changed the name because uh, I don't know why it's called the landlord tenant board. It should just be called the tenant board because yeah. <laughs> there's no there doesn't seem to be anything for the landlord there. And to your point, I've I've had this exact same situation happen to me with my investment properties, and it's changed our process. Now, instead of, because I had the same thing happen and I filled out, you know, you're supposed to give a certain period of time when you serve your paperwork and I was off by a day, okay? The principle was that the, the, the tenant still owed money, but what happened to me is do not pass go, do not collect 200, go back to the beginning of the line, Mr. Hogman, <laughs> and start again. Now I have to hire a paralegal every single time that I do this. And it's an additional cost for the mom pond investor. Let me jump in because I have a question about this, but we'll get it on the other side of the break here on the Golfie Real Estate Show, Hamilton Edition on 900 CHML. You're listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of 900 CHML. This is the Golfie Real Estate Show, Hamilton Edition on 900 CHML. Rick Samprin with Rob Golfie, sales representative, Remax's Scartman Realty, the Golfie team. And our special guest today is Brian Hogman from Mission 35 Mortgages. Find them online at mission35.com. Looking to buy or sell your home? You got to call the number one Remax team in Canada. That's the Golfie team, 905-575-7700. Online at robgolfie.com. That's Rob robgolfie.com. To this landlord-tenant fiasco, for lack of a better term, the average wait time for landlords to get, even in front of an adjudicator, is nine months, two years for tenants. But here's the question. For those who are looking at homes, uh, condos, whatever the case is, for an investment property, they're hearing these horror stories. I can only imagine that many of them are saying, ah, I don't want to deal with that. I don't want to create a space in my home to rent it out. I don't want someone living in my home and not paying the rent. Uh, are you guys hearing the same thing on the street? I think bad stories are great water cooler conversations, right? And I think no one, like anytime you have these situations, it's what everybody's going to talk about, right? I never heard someone at a party say, hey, Brian, I bought a rental property. They gave me 12 post-dated checks and I cashed every single one of them. That's boring, <laughs> yeah. right? But the, but the reality is, is that, you know, like out of all my properties pre-COVID, I remember being terrified thinking, oh my God, oh, Doug oh, Ford saying don't oh, pay. And I remember oh sitting my. my wife going, this, this could be very bad. I, I was there. I was there. I was scared. And you know what? 
one person out of about 50 people that I have uh, relationships with out of 50 did not pay. And that person was already scheduled for eviction March 30th (laughs) of the COVID pandemic. So all that, now that was a catastrophe. I had to wait, you know, more than nine months to get my money. But majority of people, you know, for people looking to get into investment property, my thought process is, you know, don't do it on a shoestring. It's good to have a little bit of, you know, backup just in case, whether it's a line of credits and cash, because these things can happen. However, they do not happen the majority of the time. They're a small no, percentage no. of the time. Yeah, like the, the majority of the people are good. Yeah. And and you know what? And we all have war stories. There's no doubt about it. And I'll, story, and, yeah. <laughs> they're, they're, they're fun after that they, they happen. But <laughs> as they're happening at the time, as they're happening, it's not fun. I'm no. telling you, it's yeah. not good. Uh, my, my, my son, Phil, he, his first investment property, boom, right out the gate. He had a bad one mm. and, uh, and he had to deal with it. And, but he was able uh, to evict. And now back in the old days, before I was a realtor, I, I, I owned properties. And you know what I used to do? I used to show up at their house at oh, six dear. in the morning, knock on their door. Yeah. By the third day, they, 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 I mean, it wasn't harassment, or maybe it was. I don't know. <laughs> Six o'clock in the morning. You, but, but, but you weren't bringing coffee. No, no. Morning, I by bet. the third day, by the third day, the kid said, "Mom, pay the damn rent." <laughs> you wake up the whole house. <laughs> but I would, you know what? But back back in the old days, I like I was that was old school. Yeah. And you know what the you know what the problem is? Like, if you're not going to pay the rent, leave. Okay. Yeah. But yeah. now I'm going to tell you something. You renters out there that don't want to pay the rent, you, once you get evicted, good luck finding good luck finding a place to rent that's going to be cheap. I'm going to tell you because you true. just you just went Very to the true. pool. You went because as soon as the tenant leaves uh, an apartment, the next tenant that's going in is paying a lot more money true. on that on that unit. True. And so, uh, but but these people, karma does get back to them. I'm telling you, and and and, and the problem here too, Doug Ford's got to change it got to change the landlord tenant board and he's got to make it quicker so that people don't lose money. This is, this is, this is robbery. They're robbing you. Well, and I think too, uh, for those landlords out there, they're having this. I found this the hard way, but I think people are getting, cause I used to just be grateful that somebody left and move on with my life. Now we will sell the debt to a collection company. Yeah. And what a collection company does for the smaller landlords out there, they, they'll bite by the debt for 25 cents on the dollar. You still lost some money, but you got a little bit, but what they do more importantly is they're going to register something on the credit report, right? That takes time, resources, and energy. Mm-hmm. And if you are going to be that type of tenant, guess what? All landlords now are checking credit reports. Yeah. All landlords are doing significant due diligence now. So really, yeah, you may have got someone and it may have worked really well in the past, but I think landlords are getting increasingly savvy to do things like this so that that type of tenant is not going to be able to keep you know, replicating that. Good, good, good luck getting a car loan or getting even a mortgage down in the future. They say, Hey, well, listen, yeah. Yeah, you, you didn't pay your rent. Like what's the story Well, And there? then on a mortgage application, if we see those collections on a credit report, got to be paid before funding, yeah. right? It's a yeah. condition yeah. you had, you know, whether it's a gym membership for 200 bucks yeah. that's in collection or yeah. it's a rent for three or 4,000, whatever got to be paid before funding. Yeah. So they, they definitely have to change something about this. And it, and it, cause I, I had, I had a bad tenant and actually I, I, I was going to create a site. Well, I actually did, but I didn't, I, I didn't, I put it up for a couple of days, but, but I guess you can't do that anyway, but, but to indicating bad tenants and it, you know what I mean? It, like these, like you can't like they're ruining people's lives. I think here too. And you know what you get great. You know, we've talked about this Rob a bunch of times. Real estate has changed my life over the past, you know, 15 years, being able to invest in real estate, having a long-term goal, being able to get excellent returns on investments does not come without some risk. Yeah. Right. 
And where there's risk, there is significant reward, right? So do I think these risks uh, coming across one out of 10, one out of 20 bad tenants is worth the upswing over your five, 10, 15 year investment career? Absolutely. Without a doubt. I would, I wouldn't change a thing. I would do it no. again and again. Well, if you're 20 years old and you, and you have a tenant like this, boy, they can bankrupt you real fast. You know? <laughs> well, then you start again. <laughs> <laughs> if you want to sell your house or you are in the market to buy a home, call the number one REMAX team in Canada, the Golfie team, 905-575-7700 online at robgolfie.com. That's Rob, G-O-L-F-I.com. When we come back, we're going to talk about the tallest condo tower in Canada. It's coming to Ontario, but not Toronto. Learn more next year on the Golfy Real Estate Show, Hamilton Edition on 900 CHML. You're listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of 900 CHML. And last go round here on the Golfy Real Estate Show, Hamilton Edition on 900 CHML. Rick Samprin with Rob Golfy, sales representative, Remax Escarpment Realty the golfy team they're the number one remax team in canada and call them today at 905-575-7700 online at robgolfy.com that's rob g-o-l-f-i.com and you can follow the golfy team on tiktok instagram twitter and facebook our special guest today brian hogman from mission 35 mortgages online at mission35.com. There is a huge condo tower that's up for construction. At least the idea is being planted in Ontario, but not Toronto. It's a 77-story, 224-meter-high tower that's going to hold 962 residential units. It's going to be the biggest condo tower in Canada, and it's going to be in Niagara Falls. It's called 77 Niagara, and it is massive. Is this good news for Niagara Falls? I, I think it's good. I, I, it, it's hard to tell. I bet you a lot of um, uh, people that are looking for investment properties in, uh, in Niagara Falls now, will the hotels allow them to do Airbnb? Probably not. They're not because mm-hmm. it's going to be a hotel condominium, I think. Right. And uh, I, I know that it, it's, it's at the, they say it's going to be at the corner. It's going to be at the corner of Robinson street and Allendale. It's one block over from Stanley Avenue. It's one. And, it, and I think it's one block over al- almost from uh, the casino uh, falls view casino. So it's not, it's not that far. I, I, I even looked at the property where, where it's going to be. I saw, you know, the guy's been, uh, he's been accumulating land. He's piecing it together. Hmm. And um, so, I mean, the underground parking has to be huge with that many, with that many uh, condo units. So definitely they're going to have a beautiful view of the, uh, of the, of the falls, which is, which is what people want. And um, I, I think it's a great thing, but I, it's pretty optimistic. I mean, are they going to be able to sell this? I mean, the population is not that big. So I think they're looking to get, probably more out of towners to buy in there maybe like maybe like a week uh, like a weekend like wealthy people coming there like a and secondary home a secondary, like you get your your cottage in the falls kind of yeah thing, or, yeah and will investors jump in on it because that that's what drives the condo market the investors and then they then they sell it right. uh one or two years later to uh uh homeowners uh people that are going to live there so it's it, somebody's got big pockets for this like I mean, they've probably already got millions involved in building this, uh, uh, like 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 the drawings and mm-hmm. and 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 going to the city and and proposing this and everything else. So uh, I I think it's going to be a great thing, but I think it's going to be I 
I don't think we'll see it up for at least 10 years. Yeah, especially with the Airbnb, like you said, Ron. Yeah. If you can't, like as an investor, if I couldn't do that, uh, it might be hard to cash flow based on yeah. just putting a, a annual tenant in there. And then, and then if you look at the population in Niagara that uh, that are wealthy, that you know, you go, okay, well, how many people are earning X amount of dollars and more? Well, in Toronto, you know, in one square uh, acre, uh, I mean, there's a lot of people earning a lot of money. They're buying condos. But in, in Niagara, Niagara Falls, like, are you going to get those Toronto people buying those uh, properties as investments? Well, I don't know. People go down to Vegas a lot, right? Yeah. Does Niagara Falls, in your opinion, have the Vegas allure? Like someone from Toronto would say, hey, I'm going to spend, I don't know how much they are, four or $500,000 to have my weekend retreat in the fall. I, I don't know if they do it in the mm. fall. <laughs> they pro- the they probably just know. go you to know, Vegas, to be honest. Yeah, fair. Yeah, yeah. They, yeah. yeah they, they, you know what? You, you got to put shows on that people will go there. Like people love Vegas because, uh, it, I mean, it's Sin City basically. So you can, you know, you can go there. It's a whole other episode. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> That's a different podcast. But uh, <laughs> yeah, it, yeah. it is. But, but I, I think they'll do okay. But I think half the building will be the hotel, and will the hotel be on the upper part or the lower part? It's hard to tell, and it's hard to tell what 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 cost per square footage they're going to charge. They're, there's going to be, uh, they're going to try to sell this thing and they're going to try to sell it to investors in Toronto. And if it's too expensive, it's just going to sit there. And uh, it, I, I, I see if this thing does go through, it's 10 years from now. Yeah. yeah. We'll be oh, talking yeah. about this in 10 years and say, wow, they actually did it. Yeah. Because so, this is a big project for Niagara Falls. Absolutely. Lastly, and we got about a minute to talk about this, golfyluxury.com. And there is a listing on this website, Rob, as you know, that is, has a mega price tag to it. Yeah. So we were looking to see what the most expensive house in Canada right now on 24 Park Lane Circle on the Bridal Path. And it's being built right now. It is $40 million. Does, does any, if anybody's got $40 million that wants to buy a house, just give, give me or a call. Or if they need a mortgage, we're it, happy to help. Yeah. Us too, so. Give us a call. But that's the most expensive house. Now, a lot of these high-end houses do not make the market because... There's a circle of billionaires and millionaires out there that's super wealthy. Mm-hmm. Um, they, you know, sometimes they know each other uh, and then they, they do the deals. But this one right now is on the market. If you go to, if you go to my uh, uh, website, golfyluxury.com and hit worldwide uh, uh, properties, you can go to any country in the world, any province or, or state in, in the world, and you can actually uh, uh, categorize a you know, price point that, that you're looking for. So you go to golfyluxury.com and then hit worldwide properties. And there's, I think there's the people that have that link. There's only about maybe two or three people in Ontario that have that link for the worldwide properties. Cool. So you, if you want to check it out, check out golfyluxury.com and you'll see it. Does it have a pool? Forty million. It's better. <laughs> <It> better. <laughs> you can listen to our show online through Spotify, iTunes, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and many more. Just search for the Golfy Real Estate Show in your favorite podcast platform. Hit the follow button so you never miss an episode. Thanks for listening to the Golfy Real Estate Show. We are back next Saturday at nine on nine hundred CHML. The proceeding was a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of 900 CHML.